us down to the last comic shop in five, four, three, two, one. the screaming lunatics. Be afraid, be very afraid. But no, with the last comic shop, we try to welcome people into the world of comic books. Uh, we like to keep the shop open for newbies and uh, oldies alike. And so today we're joined not only by the wonderful Mr. Mikey Wood, but we also have Russ Braun, who's been making comics. Oh, jeez. Long time, 30, 34 years, I think. Wow! So yeah, for I am the host of the most, Andy Larson. I am joined by Chad Smith, my regular co-host, and I am joined by Mikey Wood and Russ Braun. And uh, Russ, we've had you on the show before. Like yep. we, we we've done an interview with you at Baltimore Comic Con, and I mean I'm a tremendous fan of your work. So on today's program, we're going to be talking about one of the first books I ever read that you did. When I was a little kid, and it scared the bejesus out of me, because, like, Batman gets addicted to drugs. Yep. And it was back in the day when Nancy Reagan was like, don't do the drugs, kids. And I was just like, you're right. And Batman blatantly disobeyed. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Batman and Barry Bonds, both on the juice. Right. Yeah. So we're going to be doing Batman Venom. Uh, that's the uh, five-issue uh, uh, miniseries out of, I think it was, what, Tales of the Dark Knight? or Legends, Legends of the, of the Dark Knight. Legends of the Dark Knight. And um, it was uh, done by the wonderful Denny O'Neill, uh, as well as yourself, and um, Jose Luis, Luis Garcia-Lopez, yes. and, uh, and Trevor Von Eden, yes. Trevor Von Eden did layouts. And so we're going to be talking about that in just a second, but to start everybody off, we've got an icebreaker. Oh, and uh, well, of course, on The Last Comic Shop, we love <laughs> to do these icebreakers, get everybody in the mood, and we love to do quiz games! Yes, quizzes are our thing. And so uh, our co-host, Jay Scott, who is unfortunately not here today because he lives in the Philippines, he was nice enough to put together 10 questions around the Cape Crusader, mm. and uh, we have given not only myself as the host, but I'll be going up against... Uh, Russ and Mikey, to s for, for bragging rights. I, I, I guess. Mikey, did you bring anything to wager on this, or uh, just myself, my 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 body? It's a hot commodity these days. <laughs> You can hire that body for yeah. sketches at yeah, large. Comic cons are great because it's the only time I get to feel pretty. <laughs> so, but in any case, just for pride, we've got ten questions, um, and and Chad will be our wonderful host for this particular segment. Chad, you're going to ask these questions. First person to ring in on our buzzers. Let's all test those buzzers. That's mine. I like yours. That's awesome. <laughs> I got a doorbell. Look at a rook. Yes. <laughs> First person to chime in gets the point. And well, you uh, have we'll to get the question right to get the point. I guess. I can't believe we can sell through this. This is awesome. Really? <laughs> really? No, this is wonderful. Now, now, Russ, before we begin, you said you mentioned that you don't you don't have a lot of Batman knowledge after what two thousand? About two. Yeah, I, I kind of lost track of a lot of the comic characters after a while, especially <laughs> Batman. Uh -oh. um, Did you read Batman when you were younger? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I was more of a Marvel kid than a DC kid. 
Okay. But uh, I, I, I kept up with Batman pretty well. Real quickly, if you were going to name your definitive <laughs> Batman artist, then a definitive Batman artist, but, other than yourself. David Mazzucchelli. Okay. Uh, my, Batman Year One is like my uh, kind of touchstone of, of comics in general, like Ooh, for buddy. storytelling. So. so you've heard about the artist edition coming out, right? Yeah, I just heard about it. I'm, I'm probably going to be getting that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And since we're here at Three Rivers Con promoting yeah. the show, we were talking with Wayne Foucher, who apparently knows Dave Mazzuchelli from uh, college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Had seen Batman Year One prior to publication. Oh, right, exactly. He went over to an apartment, and that, like they had all the, he had all the sketches up on the wall. Wow. And Dave was just like, well, these are, this is something I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that turns out yeah, was, almost had to say Frank Miller, because Frank Miller wrote it. But he didn't. He didn't draw year one. Right. Right. Kelly, they drew it. Yeah. But yeah, no. It's like I said. I've had. I had those comics, like the four individual issues, sat next to my desk, for like the first five, ten years. I start. I was drawing comics just to have like inspiration. It would just be there. I could open it up at any time for like. how would, you, how would you frame this sequence and just like, oh, that's right, he did that. <laughs> yeah. Flip through. So. Wow. Yeah. That's a, a master, a great master to learn from, in addition to some of the other guys you got to work with. Mikey, yeah. what's your definitive Batman? Um, probably Norm Brayfogle. Okay. Uh, Norm Brayfogle was, was, you know, 80, early, like mid-80s, mid to late 80s, and, and, and it was very dynamic and, 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 and super cool, and that was like, that was after year one. And, and then Mazzucchelli, because for me, you had never seen anything. I had never seen... Like, I, I wasn't familiar with Daredevil stuff. I wasn't... You know, I was a kid. Um, but it was unlike anything. It was, it was like Batman as, like, a, like a, a, a detective movie. And it was great. Right? So those, those two, I would say those two. Yeah. yeah. With the Mazzucchelli, I encountered that way too young, and I didn't know why I liked it so much. Right. <laughs> like, I was like... I, you know, I didn't realize, like, oh, this is a master at his craft. Right. But, like... That was great, but for me too, it's it's Norm Brayfogle. Those stories with Alan Grant beating up street toughs. Oh, where's the love for Jim Aparo? Jim Aparo yeah. was a wonderful Batman. He has this one scene, I think it was in an issue that Jim Starlin wrote, where Batman punches one guy, turns around, punches another guy, and the and, and the one guy hasn't even fallen yet. Like he punches yeah. him and then punches him, and the other first guy hasn't even fallen to the ground yet. He's yeah. so fast. That was that same era. There was, a, you know, uh, Aparo was on Batman and, and Brayfogle was on Detectives. So and then they both, swapped. And then they swapped, yeah. They swapped yeah. But yeah, Aparo 70s stuff is amazing too. And right. You got to mention Neil Adams because oh, yeah. that's yes. like the, yeah. But uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, his own oh. individual Batman stuff is always amazing. Oh so my God. If you had any, you had any merchandise in the 80s. It, it still is. It's yeah. still now. You pick up a, a lunchbox and that's his drawing. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's inked by somebody else, but it's always his style guide drawing. So, oh, yeah. Timeless stuff. Yep. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started with the quiz in the interest of time. We still have yep. a comic book to talk about. So, question <laughs> number one, Chad. Okay. So, to go along with the, the Batmania from years past and the Batmania that's going to come out with the Flash movie starring Batman, we have ten Batman-related questions. Question number one. Only one of Batman's sidekicks has held both the mantle of Batgirl and Robin. Who's the character? Oh, Batgirl and Robin? Batgirl yeah. and Robin. Oh, um, 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 oh, I'm gonna... Okay. You first. Yep. I Carrie from, uh, yeah, uh from Dark Knight. Was she Batwoman, or Batgirl, or was she Catwoman? She was Catwoman. Oh, no, no, that's right, yeah, I'm or sorry. Yeah. Stephanie something or other. Yeah. Mikey gets the point for Stephanie something or other. <laughs> Stephanie Brown. Brown. She, was spoiler, she was spoiler or something like that. She was, yeah, she was spoiler, spoiler and that's then right. took over and then Leslie Jones decided it was too dangerous and faked her death. 
Leslie Jones then, from Saturday Night Live had that much power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it Leslie Jones who was uh, Batman's Leslie Tompkins. Leslie, Leslie, Leslie Tompkins. Jones. Yeah. Leslie Tompkins. Any any real Batman fans are going to be killing us already. It's now. fine. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Wait. I forgot to ask if we sh- if if I should let the guest win. Oh, no. actually, let's go to the guests. Okay. I found out that the prize is your body, so I'm going to throw this whole thing. So. Even if I know the answer, I'm not going to give it. There we go. All right. No, Question number two. What year did Batman debut? And bonus, what was the issue? That would be 1939, and it was Detective Comics 27. There you go. Oh, oh, yeah. See, yep. look at that. We all knew that one. All right. You did? Yeah. There was supposed to be a gigantic hardcover collection of detective post or detective pre Batman. Mm. Then they never and they and they removed the Yeah, too racist. Well, there's a lot of Fu Manchu going. On. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it looked nice. So All right. anyway, question okay. number three. Alright, I'm gonna worry advance. This one's a toughie. How many actors have portrayed Batman on TV and the silver screen? Ooh. Jesus oh. Christ. Alright, just give it some thought. Are we talking, including cartoons? No, live action. Oh, uh, live okay, action. Okay, live that changes action. everything. Yeah, live uh, action. Uh, eight? <laughs> See, you have Are you sure? Eight. That's what I'm guessing. Okay, that is not correct. Uh, oh, it's very I close. will say nine. Ah, you saw me trying to show Russ the answer. <laughs> nine is the correct answer. Oh, nine. <laughs> yeah. So it was. Oh, I forgot Batfleck. There you Batflack. go. Louis G. Wilson, Robert Lowry, Adam West, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, Robert Pattinson, David Mazuz only played Bruce Wayne on Gotham, and then Michael Keaton came back again. But it all adds up to nine. Oh yeah. my goodness. Look at this guy. Wow. Host right. with the most with two out of the gate. <laughs> wow. Okay, here we go. Question number four. What are Bruce Wayne's parents' names? Mikey. Thomas and Martha. There we go. Why did you say that name? Crime <laughs> <laughs> Alley must pay. Tommy and Marty. Where are the pearls? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, this one is for us 90s kids. Uh, who took over the mantle of Batman after Bane broke Bruce Wayne's back during Nightfall? Azrael. Azrael, do you know his name? Jean-Paul something or other. Jean-Paul Valley. Jean-Paul Sartre. And Russ is on the board. That comic would be awesome That's if Jean-Paul Sartre just sitting in a dark room Existential dread turning into a bug. Or no. Should I find crime one? That was Kafka. That's right. That's coffee. You got me. Oh, yeah. Gregor Samson. That's right. Okay. So that point goes to Russ. So far, we're halfway through the quiz, and we've got Mikey with two, Russ with one, and Andy with two. So it's anybody's ball game. Oh, God. Except anybody's bat game. <laughs> All right. For which side of Two Face was burnt by the acid? Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh Mikey. Left. The left side is the correct side. Good wow. job, Mikey. All right. <laughs> what type of car was the Adam West Batmobile based on? Oh, uh, it was a. Uh... Because you, you you told me this. Oh, is that oh. a timer? No. Um, um, we'll give him a Lincoln, ta- Lincoln Town Car. Three, two, one. No, not Lincoln uh, Town Car. It's a Ford Galaxy. It is not a Ford Galaxy. Not, no. 
<gasps> like a Futura or something. A Lincoln Futura! Russ Brown with the point! Nice. Futura. There you go. There you go. Is it Ford Galaxy? It's a hatchback. I thought it was a Lincoln Town car. No. It was a modified, what was the guy's name? Oh, I should have written that down. Uh, which one of these actresses has not played Catwoman? Michelle Pfeiffer, Eartha Kidd, Julie Newmar, Uma Thurman, Halle Berry, or Zoe Kravitz? Uma. Thurman. Uma. Yeah. Oprah? Uma. Oprah. Uma. Uma. Uma Thurman. I can't get the Catwoman question wrong. There you go. Yeah. All right, so that goes to Russ. That brings Russ tied with Mikey for the lead. Wow. Three, three, two, and I must have missed one along the way. We'll have to go back to the tape and figure it out. Which member of the Bat family was the first to be killed? Was it Alfred Pennyworth, Kathy Kane, Earth 2 Bruce Wayne, or Jason Todd? Alfred Pennyworth. That is correct. Yeah! 1966, he was killed off, but then... With the success of the Batman TV show, they had to bring him back. So yeah, he came back he in was, 1968. He, he was originally like a porker, wasn't he? Like he was a big dude. A, a little <laughs> insensitive. We've <laughs> got several uh, larger yeah, sized porkers here. And then they, they cast the uh, what's his face, and they had to thin him down a little. Yeah, bit. He yeah. Was, yeah, he was a little round British man, and then and no, then he uh, was a skinny British. Man. No bat shaming on this. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Bad shaming. But with that and my inability to keep track of the numbers, we are now tied three to three to three between Mikey, Russ, and Andy with two questions to go. Which of Batman's Rogues Gallery have had their own movie? There are three correct answers. Got to get them all. Wow. Have had their own movie. Had their own uh, movie. Joker. One. Catwoman. Two. And uh, uh, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze is not the correct answer. Anybody else, Russ? Uh, Joker, Catwoman, and Harley Quinn. That is correct. Oh. Russ takes the lead. That's right. Okay. This might end badly because we have another question. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and we'll just make this question uh, two points. Okay. That way we get a definitive winner. Math. So, final question in the quiz. In the first appearance of Batman in DC Comics... Which other Batman uh, cast member also debuted? Alfred Pennyworth, Julie Madison, Thomas Wayne, or Commissioner Gordon? Commissioner Gordon! Gordon's alive. He gets it. So, Andy, the gracious host that he is, has slipped in and won the quiz. <laughs> we, we let him win. Good what are you job. About? And that was back Andy. in the day when Batman had no, gave no shits about killing people. He was just like throwing them out of windows and like, he did. Shooting him with his bat guns. He did. He was, he, he was ruthless. He was a vigilante. Well, thank you okay. for uh, all our quiz participants. I hope you had a good bat time. Welcome to Victims and Villains. This is the channel where we talk nerd, we talk hope, and we speak nothing else. I'm your host, Captain Nostalgia, and I'm so glad that you're here to join us. Victims and Villains is a podcast and YouTube channel that marries pop culture and suicide prevention, producing content with the intent to let people know that there is hope and that there is a better way and that each and every listener has value and worth. Listen to Victims and Villains on your favorite podcast catcher or on YouTube by searching for Victims and Villains. Also, check out their website, victimsandvillains.net. Hi, everyone. I'm Nerd Bomber. And I'm Tactic, And we're two of the hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. 
Our podcast started as a way for three best friends to keep in touch and discuss their nerdy hobbies like movies, gaming, tech, and more. Since then, we've grown into a great community. Every Wednesday, we chat about the latest nerdy news before getting hands-on with our weekly nerdy adventures. And don't forget our high-stakes trivia game. Come join the fun at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com and every major podcast platform. And now, back to the show. No, that's not it. Okay, what's next? Okay. Now on to the real business. Well, now that we're done with the back quiz and the host with the most has taken it, uh, we are going to now talk about the uh, comic book at hand, which is Batman Venom, which my son Jacob was like, is that a Marvel DC crossover? And I said, no, unfortunately. I said, Somebody should be. Yeah, that's sure. There's a sketch idea. Yes, because especially when I showed him the cover with uh, Batman grinning uh, maniacally, he was like, oh, does he have the symbiote dad? And I was just like, no, but that would be a very cool story, Jacob. But long story short, on today's program, we're going to be talking about Batman and Venom because I feel like it is a wonderful story about Batman that, uh, again... Uh, we're here to dispel some of the rumors of it being a Batman, uh, Batman Marvel crossover. So let's go ahead and get started with uh, who did this book. I think we talked about that before, but again, we'll get it right from Russ because uh, right. uh, I think it's a pr- great place to start off with this particular story. Uh, so, how did you get involved with this particular project? Um, well, I was uh, just starting out at DC. I had done a couple of small projects and uh, was introduced to a couple of different editors. I'll go into all the details about the other projects. Just say uh, that Batman came across my desk um, and uh, the editor was Andy Helfer and he said, yeah, let's get you on this. I had done a Justice League issue for him. The Date uh, with Density, one of my favorites. Yes, with uh, Guy Gardner and Ice going to the Ice Capists. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And I was really learning um, how to do storytelling on the fly because uh, I love comics. I, I can understand comics and read comics as a kid, but I'd never really done a whole lot of my own storytelling. I started out working over Carmen Infantino's layouts. The Justice League stuff was done with a Keith Giffen um, visual script and then uh, the actual script with it from uh, James Mattis. And uh, so uh, the Batman stuff came and I was going to go ahead and do it myself. I started working on it. It was a Denny O'Neill script, and kind of like it's kind of a pulp style story, you right? Know, with a more modern twist on the on the steroid stuff, you know. Right. But uh, so I started drawing it. I wasn't feeling it. I worked up for about a month, and I got 14 pages done that I wasn't really thrilled with. The editor said, "You know, I like it enough. We can get a good inker." Uh, that's why the, we kind of start started already thinking about Jose Luis Garcia Lopez at that time. Okay. And, uh, but then I said, you know, I would rather we work with a layout guy so that I could learn how to do this properly. I don't really like the way it was coming out. Uh, nothing was fitting properly on the page in my ah. mind, you know, because I was trying to draw right on the boards without doing preliminary stuff, you know. Uh, so uh, we got Trevor Von Eden to come on and do uh, some layouts. Mm-hmm. And I would work over his layouts and then pass them on to Jose. Oh, and wow. we became like a three-headed monster. Our team. Awesome. So. Trevor Von Eden's one of those artists. He kind of disappeared yeah. from view for me. I, I remember him being yep. big in the 80s, and I don't know what happened. I always loved his stuff uh, back then, so I was really thrilled to get to work with him. I wanted, because well, I'd worked with Carmine before, and Carmine is a, a big Batman artist, too. Okay. He was actually drawing the Batman newspaper strip at the time, and he couldn't help because of deadlines. He could do it. But I had said, can we ask Carmine if he'll do the layouts? Okay. Uh, when he wasn't available, Andy mentioned Trevor, and I said, oh, that'd be great. It'd be really good. Now, 
it's worth noting too. This story came out in 1990. Yeah. Which, as we alluded to earlier, uh, that first Batman movie with Michael Keaton comes out in 1989. Yeah. Um, that is Batmania all over again. Oh, what, yeah. what were you feeling as an artist uh, cutting your teeth on Batman when everyone is yeah. looking at Batman at that time? I was very fortunately not afraid because uh, <laughs> I was a Spider-Man fan. I didn't know as much about Batman. I was a Marvel guy. So. Right. I'm getting all this work for DC, but it's not as much pressure in a way because I didn't feel the responsibility oh. beyond doing a good job. Right. You know, I didn't feel the personal, like, oh, this is my special hero character that I can't mess up. You know, If I'd had to draw Spider-Man at that time, I, I probably couldn't do it. I don't even know if I could do it now. I but, uh, but Batman, I was like, I'll jump in. It's dark. It's I can have fun with it, you know. So and you know we're all still waiting for your Spider-Man '70s book. That's uh, true. Marvel, if you want to get on that. Oh yeah. If you've right. seen Russ Brown's he does a wonderful '70s Spider-Man. So now, now out of curiosity, as the fact that it was 1990, yeah. um, how how was a, a collaboration like that? Done was it? Was it all done through you know FedEx packages and or did you meet no, together at all? Or? We we did meet. We were actually all New Yorkers at the time. So like, living in Manhattan, I would bring pages up to the office, and then um, I would hand them off to whoever was doing them. And, and we also had Willie Schubert, the letterer. This is in the days where it went from penciler to letterer to inker. Okay. okay. So uh, Willie would letter right on the boards, and then we'd hand it over to Jose. But in in our case, uh, Trevor would bring the boards into the office. I'd go in, pick them up. Uh, I'd, do, I'd pencil over everything and uh, then bring them back in for Jose, or, or actually for Willie to do his inking. Then when Jose picked them up, um, he would ink it. When he brought them back in, I would go in sometimes and talk to him and see what he was doing with it. He wanted, he didn't want to, but I would always be there and ask him about, I'd pick his brains about stuff, and he kind of taught me how to do the job. Okay. Right. Yeah, you so. mentioned you, you weren't intimidated working with the character, but working yeah. with those creators like Denny O'Neill, who's done so many classics. Yeah. Jose no. Luis Garcia Lopez. You know, it was, but I was a kid. I didn't know to be scared at the time, <laughs> you know? I, uh, and, and that was the thing. It was the, the fun part about it for me was um, just saying yes. Whenever they would say, can you do this? I'm like, yes, yeah. I'll give it a try. Like Joe Orlando would always say, hey, you want to try this? And I go, sure, Joe, I'll give it a try. Okay. And thinking like, if I completely fail and bomb out, then I'll do. I'll have to do something else for a living, you know? Right. But, but uh, I'm like, I'm just going to give it my best try every time. So, okay. Uh, every and, you did, and you did mention that like, you, you didn't really get to interact too much with Denny O'Neill because again, it no. was more about the editor and he would give you the yeah. script pages. Denny had written the story already. The scripts were done. And then uh, Andy would farm everything out to everybody. So all the rest of us, we would, we would meet up at... Uh, Denny was actually an editor at DC at the time, too, so he was busy doing other books. I mean, okay. He'd written the story already. Uh, I found out later that he was very happy with the way everything came out. But oh. uh, we actually we actually made some changes to the story along the way. Okay. Um, but, Surprise, uh, Denny. I, I, but yeah, with the editor. you know. Um, in right. fact, of all people, the letterer uh, pointed out kind of a problem in one of the last issues, uh, <laughs> that the, the death trap really wasn't too deadly. Uh, uh, I thought the same thing, so we kind of were... We added a little line of dialogue here or there, or uh, did some changes to the drawings too. So uh, I made sure that the, the the tower, basically the tower that he was in, yes, uh, he couldn't get out of. He couldn't escape before the water would come in and drown him. Right. But he's there prying the bricks out of the wall 
to weigh down the thing. It makes this whole contraption. Yeah, the you know, big, right? like a table and... And I said, basically, well, if, he's, if he's prying the, the, the big blocks out of the wall with the, with the weight bar, why does he just go through the wall? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. it's just like, don't look back. I need to have enough bricks to weigh this thing down to pull the door up. I was like, but you can go out. There's a big hole in the wall. Now. I just said, can we add the line steel reinforced for yeah. the tower? So it's like, it's stone inside of steel, you know, kind oh, of thing. So, which, why would you do that? But it's just, it's, <laughs> why would so, you? I don't know. It's, I, I was, you, you said your editor was Helfer, Andy Helfer on there. And yeah. Andy Helfer is uh, a heck of a writer, too. His, yeah. his run on Shadow is utterly bonkers in one of my favorite books. Absolutely. That, that he ever, one of my favorites too. Yeah. Oh, it, it, you, if you haven't read it, it's, it's so so wonderful, bonkers. Now, have, do you find that it's easier, or, or, or maybe it just depends on the person, um, an editor being a former artist or an editor being a former writer, which is which is something oh. that I, I was I'm trying just to think curious. if I have any editors that were former artists. I don't think I do. I just former writers, or okay. or actually not former, but current. Oh yes, you know. Yeah, so, I guess still uh, usually you're not really supposed to work as an editor and a writer on the same at the same time. Right. Uh, but uh, a lot of the guys I work with were doing that. And Andy's a great writer. So uh, yeah, that shadow stuff, the, the Bill Sienkiewicz stuff, oh, yeah, is, uh, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah. I imagine he has to be an interesting person just because so many things that came out under his watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, whether it was the JLI, whether it was the shadow. I, whether, I think Andy um, should have a much bigger place in comics history than yeah. he does. In fact, like. Um, he kind of brought the the collected editions into popularity. Really? Because you know? he was a big fan of manga early on, like in, in the 80s. Okay. And saying, we should follow this model. And it's like, collect up... He planned Legends of the Dark Knight to be in story arcs, that it could be collected up into books. Right. And he said, this is the whole point of having this book, you know? And... Uh, now hardly anything gets published that doesn't get collected into a, um, a graphic novel, right? You know? but, but he kind of started it. This is we're going to do it in four or five issue story arcs that are perfect for collecting. I and, believe uh, that's how I got Batman and Venom originally. Yes. Was in a trade um, yep. with that wonderful yep. cover of again Batman smiling maniacally. And I, again, the ten cent that. synopsis for all those folks that may have not read it before. I mean, again, Batman fails to save a small child at the beginning of the story. He, you know, he's not strong enough. Yep. He tries to lift this boulder, but it's a Herculean task. And, and and so I think it is early on in his career. So he has supposed to be, yeah. And so because I think uh, Jim Gordon is not commissioner yet. He's still a captain. Yeah. Batman and, doesn't uh, have his yellow oval. And right. he goes and he meets with the the dad of the daughter that he failed to save, and yeah. he. Hands and tries to get him on pills, which yeah. was kind of weird because it I was just weird. like, she, he's like, oh well, my daughter died, uh, you know, whatever. And I was just like, that's world's greatest detective. That should have been yeah, like red flag, red flag number one that this guy wasn't really upset about losing his daughter. Yeah, Doctor Porter, right, um, is like a mad scientist kind of guy. You know, Batman comes to see him to tell him, I failed to save your daughter, and uh, and he instead goes on about how I think he says something about she was weak. Yes. Right. And we, I can't stand weakness, and I, this pill will keep people from being weak. And, yes. And he kind of like, kind of tempt, tries to tempt Batman with these steroids, and at a time when Batman felt like a failure and a weakling. Right. So, uh, yeah. And, and eventually it works. I mean, eventually yeah. he goes back to his Batcave. He tries to lift uh, weights and hurts his shoulder, and then goes and gets into a fight with this big tough guy, and he's just really feeling down. Like yeah. he's, so he's at a low point, and he goes and he. He gets these pills and he starts taking them. And he starts going crazy. 
Just like absolutely bonkers. Just he doesn't wear his mask anymore. He's just walking into bars and just beating up thugs and he dismisses Alfred and eventually he's like, no, this is not well, it, it actually takes <laughs> the Dr. Porter character asking him to go kill Commissioner Gordon. It yeah. makes him like, oh, okay, well, maybe I've taken a step too far. Yeah. And decides that he's going to try to stop this guy in this General Slaycroft. I think that was his yeah, name. Yeah, General Slaycroft. Was and uh, eventually ends down in, in Santa Prista, which is... Santa Prisca. Santa yeah. Prisca. Where, where, yeah. It's actually where Benny comes yeah. from eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this uh, general guy's trying to put together this big army, and he gets himself off the drugs and goes down there and fights them. And fights the, the sharks. Fights the sharks yeah, without yeah. a shirt. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> An homage to the '70s Neil Adams That's the ten cent synopsis. Well, Chad mentioned the, the there's no oval around the bat and things like that. Now, when you when you come onto a book like that, did they did they is that part of the script? Do they specify this is early on in his career? He they, doesn't look like this. It was mentioned. I know. I, I started when I started my first fourteen pages that I that I ate that I threw we threw away. I wanted to do like um, Master Kelly style Batman, like mm-hmm. the, the little short ears and like the cape is really leather and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I was drawing it, like trying to draw like rendered realistic stuff. You know? Okay. And uh, so I kept that when I over the the Trevor Ruffs, you know. So, um, but then Jose came on, and Jose made it classic Batman that was perfect for the story. So right. he made a lot of changes to the to the design that I had, but uh, we kept the bat symbol. It, it was supposed to be like yeah, an earlier version of Batman. They didn't go into detail about like is this the first year, or second year. We just kind of kept it really vague. Okay, and, uh, and which was important. I mean, it was easier to do back then too because. Uh, Technology is going so fast now that uh, I mean they weren't on cell phones back then. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene where Batman punches his fist through a, a phone booth, you know, <laughs> and you're kind of like I'm I'm hummering and hard like blah, 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 blah. kids don't know what a phone booth is, you know. What? It's, it's, it's sad. It's a, a quiet box where you go to make a cell phone call. You know? So <laughs> oh, that's that but, thing from Doctor Who. Is no, it's not. It's not. It's the thing from Bill and Ted. No, <laughs> you know. I was gonna ask too. Uh, Anytime you're creating original characters like Dr. Porter or General Slayground or whatever his name was. Slayground. Slaycroft. (laughs) Slaycroft. Are you ever tempted to, like, call up a buddy and be like, hey, do you mind if I use you as an evil mad scientist? You know, I I should, but I never did. I was always uncomfortable doing it because photo reference is a great thing to use. Right. I just never bothered doing it. And uh, you make up characters as you make them up. And these guys were just kind of not even really described. You just kind of did what you wanted to with them. So... Uh, well, it's but, a good question, though, because, again, you were one yeah. of those guys that really does like that photo reference. I mean, you used to talk to me about, like, the fact that you used to go to libraries, and it's, how does you draw on Oldsmobiles? That's I, how you look. At, I actually hate photo reference, but sometimes you need it. Right. I mean, especially, like, um, cars, buildings, mm-hmm. uh, especially certain buildings, you know. Don't make up um, the Empire State Building, you know. You could probably use a photograph to, to like, get the idea of it at the very least. Right. But um, cars, too. I mean, I did, how I say that? I made up a bunch of cars in this. <laughs> do you, so do you, do, you keep a, do you keep sort of, like, a digital morgue or anything like that? Or do you I do. I have files. Uh, for each, each comic I work on, I have, like, a reference file uh, of stuff, like, and it'll be titled that, like, for whatever book. Like, Boys Ref number one, Boys Ref number two kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, so I definitely had that for this. Is there a particular issue from this five-issue run that you feel, I don't know, like that was, I want to say the best one of the of the five, but this was the one that you spent the most time on it's, or you thought about it's it? It's really hard to say. I mean, uh, the, the last issue is, is, I mean, I was really doing 
um, doing it almost pretty much on my own. But like, like Trevor hadn't done a whole lot on that one because I kind of got got my feet under me pretty quick. Right. Uh, but so that one's kind of kind of near and dear to my heart because it was like uh, visually it felt like I was coming into my own. Okay. Know? And uh, so yeah, that might be the one. That's where I got to do like yeah, this whole sequence. We have a picture of it. Uh, looking up where Batman escapes from the the death trap, and then fights off two of the guards. And uh, I pretty much got to do that whole sequence myself to kind of retell the story. So oh, that's awesome. That's great action in there yeah. too. And that's yeah, that's all my thing there. One of the most famous panels from the issue you're talking about is the one where like you get to see the scene where Batman could take the pills. Like, that's what... Yeah. That's why they put him in this death trap, to get him to take the pills, because they're going to be super addictive. You're never going to get out, and you're going to be my slave forever. And turns out, like, he's there, and he's like, I can, I can do this faster. But then he remembers when he was in the Batcave, and he's like, he looks like this monster with froth. I mean, how did you come up with the visuals for that? Like, the monster froth that, thing? <laughs> that was all... Nancy it was similar Reagan. to things that I I would draw. I would draw these um, monster characters called the Mouthheads. Okay. And, uh, their hands were always these gnarled kind of things. The idea was a, a concept from college, and uh, there were all these yuppies like uh, around like horrible people with uh, all they cared about was money. The greed was des- destroying them, making them to monsters. Okay. So meanwhile, it, but the stress of that job was making them, the teeth were growing behind their heads and their hands were getting like arthritic. And uh, so at one point when the teeth grow to a certain point, it, the, the face flaps up and it's just a big mouth for, uh, uh, and they terrifying. yeah, committed like a kind of, you know, raving maniac suicide, you know? Okay. Uh, so I brought that into the Batman pose of, uh, <laughs> of him frothing at the mouth. I was just thinking of that when I did it. So. And I, I can definitely see as I'm flipping through one of the pages yeah, there here. He is there's you, you got frothy Batman here, and the, yep. definitely the Mazzucchelli influence. Oh sure, yeah. You know, it's uh, especially Batman poses. when the the drawings of Batman were far away. Right. Um, he didn't have to put all the muscle detail in, and that felt more Mazzucchelli, the open Alex Toth, uh, right. Dave Mazzucchelli feel. Well, your style is one. You have that such a realistic bent. Yeah. You know, you you can like see the textures in there. You know, although when he's he's in monster mode yeah. that's classic you know yeah. bulging muscles frothy yeah. but no well, that's the funny thing the story did require like like yeah bulging muscles to be on on steroids so I didn't get to do my my masochistic thing that I wanted to do which was like there's a guy in like long underwear right you, know, like, uh, you don't have to do <laughs> all like that you know, but, so he went from that to the yeah bat hulk <laughs> I just like Batman he's in he's locked himself in a room for a month and he comes out and oh my goodness, the beard and the hair. It, yeah. He must get haircuts every other day. <laughs> I remember reading this monthly and I was yeah. so glad that he didn't get out of it by some ridiculous kind of bat gadget or he just happened to have some sort of thing in his belt or some kind of like... Right. You yeah. know, it was sheer force of will and sheer, you know... that right. it, was, really... it wasn't the Adam West Batman. Right, right, like, right, right. Like, uh, you didn't have drug repellents. Yeah. He does fight the shark. The anti-addiction pill. Yeah, but he yeah. didn't have the bat repellent in That's the, right. in the in That's that true. scene either. So. Well, I, I will say this. Um, the great thing about that other issue with, uh, with him, you know, getting off the... The juice or whatever is is it's <laughs> yeah. counterpointed with you know the scenes of General Slaycroft's son yeah. turning into the monster like if, yeah. for every panel that now did, did did Denny like write it that way that it was supposed to be like a counterpoint oh definitely the two? yeah it was supposed to be a, a, a you know you flash back and forth to see like what's happened to Timmy 
Okay. Old Timmy Slaycroft. And Timmy was a nice character at the start. Like mm-hmm. this, it's only like five issues, but it's like it almost feels like like a year worth of comics. Like right. The amount of stuff to be packed into the story, but, but yeah, Timmy uh, is like a disappointment to his dad because he's not like a hardline, tough military type guy. He's just a kid. Right. Uh, like a teenager. And uh, so he actually kind of helps Batman at one point, a little bit. And uh, and then, the, because they can't get Batman to be their assassin, they, for whatever reason, decide to do an experiment on Timmy. And they do more than just drug him. They put, like, plates under his skin and make him into, like, this, like, bulletproof... Yeah, uh, they shoot him. Monster. Like, yeah, nice they stab him. <laughs> so. Like, ah, the bullet just barely but, grazed uh, the skin. But and, it's all setting yeah. it's all setting the table for eventually what they would do with Bane. Honestly, yeah. like I mean, oh, all exactly. of these yeah. ideas, like the venom, that's the same serum that ba- that Bane yeah. uses. Santa uh, Santa, Santa Prisca. Santa yeah. Prisca is where Bane is from. So like all of these things, and, and Denny O'Neill wrote that. So like he's setting the table for eventually, which would become one of the big bads yeah. of uh, Batman in the '90s, and uh, honestly, one of the major additions to the Rogues Gallery post like. I don't know, 1949. Yeah. Honestly. Like, there's not Yeah, I guess, in a way, yeah. So, do you have any other last thoughts on this particular series? Um, did you did you want to draw more Batman after this, I guess, is my question. I, you know, I, I always would have. I never really... <laughs> never really became a... I didn't have the chance, I guess. But, uh... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. We had sound effects post anyways. So. Honk, honk. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But um, no, I actually I always thought maybe kind of it might be fun to do a, a sequel to this. Okay. But uh, I just thought of like a scene where uh, basically what happened to Timmy Slaycroft. You know, he just he's in a prison in Santa Prisca somewhere, and uh, and now some other like a big bad guy, head honcho guy, because his dad is dead. Right. Uh, has the venom and has like an army of these guys coming out of the prison to do his bidding, and Timmy would just kind of get to the phone. And remembering a Gotham exchange number, and call Gotham randomly and say, "Tell Batman they're making me do bad things." And uh, <laughs> like just some random number on an answering machine, and they finally get to Gordon, and Gordon plays it for Batman, and Batman knows exactly what's going on. He's oh. like, well, they, I gotta they, go down there." They made five. Timmy's. They made five other Timmys too down there. So like they had like this yeah. little squadron. Like whatever happened yeah, yeah. to this squadron? I don't know the like, Death Squad. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's you're right that it would be an interesting story to follow up on. But, um, Batman, Venom, the other Timmys. <laughs> the other Timmys. The other Timmys. All right, well, we'll be right back with more of The Last Comic Shop right after these commercial breaks. We're going to be finishing up with Russ Braun, and we're going to be talking about his work on The Boys as well as some other projects that he's coming he's got coming out right now, so stay tuned. Hey, it's Mikey Wood, frequent Last Comic Shop guest and collector. And as a collector, I'm always in need of boards, bags, long boxes, and more to house all those comics. That's why I use promo code LCSPOD to get 10% off my orders at bcwsupplies.com. Not only does it get me a discount on BCW's already low prices, but I know using LCSPOD at checkout is another way I can show my support to the Last Comic Shop podcast and their continuing mission to bring fans together under that big comic book tent. So if you're in need of comic book supplies, Head out to bcwsupplies.com and use promo code LCSPOD today. That's LCSPOD. Do you like comic books? 
Do you like comic book movies and TV shows? How about movie and TV reviews? If I just described you, good news! You can get all of the movie and TV reviews you're looking for with a good dose of witty banter and fun thrown into the mix by checking out Paperweight Entertainment. Join Derek and Ian every Friday for TV reviews on the Paperweight Entertainment podcast and join Ian and Colonel Bob every Wednesday for the Silver Screen Scoundrel movie reviews. Find out more information about both shows at paperweightentertainment.com. All right, we're back with more of the last comic shop. <laughs> and uh, we're here with Russ Braun, and again, we're going to be talking about some of his work that's been go ongoing right now. A lot of folks know you from from the boys. Uh, I know that it's, it's just massively popular now. Can you give just real quickly uh, how you got involved with the boys? I don't know if we've ever talked about that. I don't know if we have. I... I uh... I've been friends with Garth for a long time. I, I met him and Steve Dillon back in the early 90s when they started coming over to do um, conventions. So uh, we never worked together, but uh, I, I left comics to do work for Disney for a while. Right. I went to a convention down in Florida when I was down there working for Disney to, and saw Garth. And we caught up a little bit and joked around. And he said he was moving to New York. And I said, well, next time I come up, I'll, uh, I'll stop by. We'll see you. Uh, I moved back from Florida when Disney closed the studio, and I got in touch with Garth, and we started just socializing. Just we would hang out and see each other every Friday at this bar with a bunch of comic other comic guys, and it finally came up once I started doing work again. We were going to do a war story together. Okay. And uh, we started doing that. It went really well. The boys was having deadline trouble. All right. Um, quite often, I mean, they had like different fill-in guys come in to do an arc here or there. And, uh, but I don't even know the details behind the scenes. It's a whole big mixed up thing. But uh, long story short, he said, would you want to do an arc of the boys? Okay. And I said, no. <laughs> and I said, no, I don't want to do it because it was my favorite thing he was writing at the time. Right. And it was creator owned. And um, so it's like there was no, no, no winning it for me. It was like, if I do a good job, good for me. I get paid my normal work for hire rate. Right. If I do a bad job, I ruined my friend's best comic, maybe ruined my friendship, and uh, ruined my favorite comic that I'm reading at the time. Okay. So, but he said, his, his law line was always, what's the worst that could happen? And I, I just told you what the worst could happen. <laughs> but, so I said, well, I'll, I'll, over the weekend I'll try, I'll draw Butcher, I'll see if I can get into the character or whatever. And I did th three or four drawings of Butcher that were terrible. He looked like a linebacker, like we were just... <laughs> And with a very, for whatever reason, like a very short head, like a squat little head. Okay. And uh, I'm like, I got to give him more hair or something. And, and I did this drawing of him from the side of him just looking up slightly with a slight smile. And I realized ah, I got the character. It's like, okay. he's always five steps ahead, 10 steps ahead of everybody. And he's got this little smirk in his face. Like, I've got you, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I can do this. I told him, I said, all right, fine, I'll do it. I was actually working on another war story at the same time. So I was doing two books at once to get it done to meet the deadlines, which were already really tight. Was that Night Sisters or uh, Night Witches? The Night second Witches, one, um, Motherland. Okay. And uh, and this is where I was first starting to do my thing, where I just did pencil instead of inking it on top of that. So uh, and it made it a little bit faster. Uh, the Night Witches deadlines were a little bit further out, so I jumped into the boys first and finished the Night Witches a little bit later than that. But yeah, it was four issues. It went really well. I enjoyed it. It was great. And I was like, well, thanks. This was fun. And then they were like, can you do the next story arc? <laughs> and I was like, ah, 
All right. Yeah, all right. I'll do Just it. Just like yeah. Dr. Porter. It's one thing of pills. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we'll bring you back in for uh, the next round. But no, it was because it's it's a great book. It's it's really well written. It's great stuff. Uh, great characters. And uh, so, but all the whole time I was doing it, I'm like, well, when is the, you know, Derek, the original, uh, the co-creator coming back? And they didn't know. Uh, they didn't say. And I kept going until I got pneumonia. And because uh, oh. the deadlines were insane, I mean, I, I was doing pretty much three weeks to crank out a, a book because it was so late by the time I got it. And uh, the next arc was done by John McRae, uh, the, the World War II stuff. And then I came back on and pretty much finished the whole run. So it was like 16 issues in a row. I'd never been a monthly comic guy. I'd done full story arcs, but right. So that kind of was like again trial by fire to get it all done. Very cool. And that's the basic story of you know my time on board. That's crazy. So, so, what's it been like watching that blow up? And you I, obviously have gone back with things like Dear Becky. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, oh, seeing your work translated into it's great. I mean, the, I think the show is great. You know, uh, it's a totally different beast. You know, they're they're, they're beastly both both. <laughs> them. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, it's amazing to see it, and especially some of the characters. I said, like they seem like they've just walked right out of the comics. Like a scene I drew, I drew, and there it is on the screen. But uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, all sour grapes and stuff about it. But I wasn't the creator, so I, I get no part of any of it. You know, it's just. But I'm still proud of it. I said, I'm oh, like, yes. I'm like their. I, I I got to meet some of the cast at a convention recently, and I told them uh, that I was their comic stepdad. You know, oh. <laughs> so. And then I said, well, actually, if you think about it, I'm a pretty bad stepdad because I killed almost all of you, you know? <laughs> so, uh, because, and as I said, well, Derek created you all and I killed you all. <laughs> so. Well, speaking of that, uh, did you have a particular character that you loved to draw, like, out of the boys? Like, Well, yeah, I mean, all, all of them. But uh, Butcher is the easiest to draw. Okay. Because I get into his character right away. Right. But uh, Frenchie and the female were my favorite, uh, like, little side. That was, like, their own little story in the middle of the story. So that's why they were my banner when you come see me at a convention. Yes. That's them. So Now, I, I, I usually like to ask this, just, uh, is, there, is there a dream project that you haven't had the chance to work on that you would love to one day if you were just given carte blanche and you could you know are you a writer I mean do you, do you yeah I do that? actually I, I'm so probably the, the main answer would be like yeah I would want to do some of my own stuff I have a couple of different stories in the works uh, but that's that's the real test that's again it comes down to comics is about fear if you're not afraid uh, you can do anything you know it's like you think about it because it's only a comic book you know you can do another one next month but but you put your name out there on something, and especially if you wrote it yourself, you feel like you're going to be judged. And uh, the oh. internet is the internet is so kind. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, they're great. You know, and so many people just like uh, it's not like you drew something weird in one issue 15 years ago, and nobody keeps remembering it and bringing it up every five minutes. Joe, no, I don't even know. I'm just making it up. But uh, but yeah, no, I I would do something on my own. But of course, a, a, a Spider-Man miniseries would be amazing to do. You know, whether it's the 70s thing well, that's or not. But, the thing. but I would like to do a classic like throwback uh, miniseries of like untold stories kind of thing. You you, know? you, is, you spent so much time with that 70s Spider-Man. I don't know if you everybody that's listening to the last comic <laughs> shop go and Google it. Try to find these issues. He not only he basically recreated the Rogues Gallery uh, using popular actors that were in movies and TV shows at the time in the 1970s and saying like well who would be cast as Mysterio? Who would be cast as Craven the Hunter? Who would be the the um, 
the Dr. Octopus. If there was an actual 70s show that had gone on for an entire season or two seasons, (laughs) and it's wonderful. I I, I love your Martin Landau as Quentin Beck, Mm -hmm. uh, the Mysterio. and And so, like, he has a wonderful sketchbook. Uh, all full of these. You can get it on his website, I believe, right? Yep. Yes. And so make sure that you're checking that out on, <laughs> on his website. You can buy that. And uh, both Chad and I have a copy as well, like right. you would. Mm-hmm. And it is wonderful stuff. So I would, I'll tell you this much, it would be in my pool pile if you did it. So you know, yeah. somebody on the horn. Believe it or not, that Spider-Man 77 TV Spider-Man is my Spider-Man because I never read Spider-Man comics really? but I watched that show when it was on and, yes. I, and we loved it because that's what we had well yeah <laughs> yeah you know and, I mean we all know realistically it has its problems the show you know right. the pacing and it's of its time it's a 70s show it's basically a 70s cop procedural you know right. with mm-hmm. Spider-Man popping up every now and then to, to solve some crime and so fight some thug, but there's yeah. <laughs> but I th- I thought well, what if they did have the actual bad guys and who would be the, who would cast you know who would they be cast as and uh, yes. Uh, so I had a lot of fun with it. It was it was a COVID thing. When COVID started, I went down this rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> we're the, all so glad that the you book, did. The book I was working on was you know, furloughed. You couldn't we couldn't put it out, so we just kind of waited on it. You know that was Dear Becky. Okay. Know? Okay. So uh, I figured, well, I'll do these drawings for fun in the meantime because I post something every day on on Facebook. And Instagram, so that's how it started. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that would be my dream project to do that version of Spider-Man. But right. well, um, who would be your Spider-Man yeah. villain uh, if you did get that Spider-Man opportunity? Attention, Marvel. Oh God, I don't know. Right. Yeah. If you um, only got to do a one shot, how about that one shot? You get one one issue, one bad one of the bad guys you came up with. Which one would you want to do? I guess probably classic Green Goblin. You know? Okay. So who was your classic Green Goblin? I can't remember. Oh, I I, I did a thing where I had like a. A sweepstakes for people to pick out who it was. I had a whole bunch of different guys. Okay. It came down to a, almost a tie, but uh, Frank Gorshin, the Riddler. Oh, so he was actually like guest starring, doing like he was the baddie in Buck Rogers or something at yeah. the time. So um, I think he would have been perfect for it. But oh yeah. Who did he get the hair? The yeah, yeah, I know the, 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 the cornrows or whatever. <laughs> the sideways, yeah. I, sometimes when I watch that Batman 66 show, I think he's like, he's the more terrifying of all the villains. Than oh, yeah, even yeah. Like, he would have been a, actually a better Joker, honestly, because yeah. he just, he has that no, twinge. He was the best Riddler. He's not a better <laughs> he was Joker. The best Riddler, he's, a, but he's got that twinge of menace to him underneath all that maniacal laughing, which is... No, there are a bunch of... They, 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 what I did have was like the mask, though. Like, the mask was only a half mask, so you could see his mouth. Okay. And... Uh, uh, and the mask itself was from the old TV movie Gargoyles. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Casey. So I just based it on that. Had him wear like a big purple cloak robe. Like that. I would have like a, a cult of goblins or whatever. And he would make the cult leader type see, thing. That, that so. would have that played so well. I got to see yeah. that in issue form. Yeah. But speaking of <laughs> issues, what other great work do you have coming out, Russ, recently? I'm now working on the final issue of Jimmy's Little Bastards. Okay. Uh, for Aftershock. They had had some... Uh, Bankruptcy problems, uh, cash flow problems, they're, they're back up and running now. Okay. Uh, so uh, we had to wait on that. The first two issues are out, and the third one is in the works. Okay. So um, it's 40 pages, uh, so it's going to take me a couple more months to get it done. And uh, But yeah, it's, it's a crazy, great story. The first story arc was Jimmy's Bastards, which is the basic idea of like a satire of if James Bond, or James Bond-type character, Jimmy Regent. Right. Had been doing the James Bond super spy thing for 30 some odd years. Uh, he would have left a bunch of kids behind that he didn't know about <laughs> or care about. And uh, 
So those kids all find each other, gather up under the, the, the one lead bad guy, and uh, they decide, let's kill daddy. Let's get him. <laughs> and uh, wackiness ensues. And uh, uh, equal opportunity offender, that whole first thing. And then uh, we did a follow-up, even though, um, spoiler alert, most of the kids get killed, or all of them in the, in the first arc. But uh, then there are little bastards to think about that, we, that are... Uh, Little clone type grandkids, maybe. So, uh-huh. uh, so I'm now drawing that those scenes where there's hundreds of little English school kids. Um, <laughs> that's and I mean hundreds. And, I don't know uh, if that's more terrifying than like like Village of the, the Damned. It's like Village of the Damned and the Omen rolled into one. Um, that's still with that, Uzis. So. That is what you talk about horror <laughs> movies like. Chad couldn't fall asleep after watching the original Omen because it just freaked him out. I could take any gore, I could take any monster you give me, but give me a boy staring at a dog, no thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we use a line from the the Omen all the time with the, it's all for you, David. (laughs) (laughs) For our dog, Ada. (laughs) It's all for you, Ada. (laughs) (laughs) Any other comics that you'd like to talk about that maybe they can get on your website or or anywhere? Um, Well, yeah, I mean, I, I still have the website up and the, and the Facebook and Instagram. It's like I do a drawing a day, so it's uh, usually yes. you'll see what uh, I've been working on. Um, but yeah, after Jimmy's Little Bastards, I have something else not announced yet, but it's right. going to be for Ahoy Comics. Okay. And they're a great company to work with. You should look into their stuff. Um, oh, they do a love. lot of fun stuff. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a graphic novel, I think 64 pages, and I can't say much more about it then, but it's that's okay. it's still going to have the backup articles and the the, the text ours, pieces. I don't know. The ours probably Hawaii. won't, but because uh, it's going to be a hardcover graphic novel, just like one, not going to be floppies at all. Just be right to the graphic okay. novel, uh, from what I know. Cool. But that's going to start up as soon as I'm done. Very much as soon as I'm done with uh, Jimmy's Little Bastards. There you go. And we know you're a prolific uh, Comic Con appearer inner. <laughs> yeah, we've seen you here. We've seen you in Baltimore. Uh, yep. Do you have any more cons lined up for the rest of the summer? Um, yeah, Terrific Con will be next. Oh, awesome. um, I have to skip Heroes this year. I really like doing Heroes, too. Okay. Uh, Terrific Con, Baltimore, and New York Comic Con. Oh, very Those cool. are the ones I have lined up. Um, but, uh, yeah, Terrific Con, is, I love that one. And uh, That's uh, the, the Connecticut? Yeah, yeah, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mohegan Sun. Uh, uh, casino. Well, we'll definitely be <laughs> so. seeing you at Baltimore Comic Con. We'll yep. be down there this year. And uh, thank you so much for being our guest here on The Last Comic Shop. Absolutely. Thank you so much to everybody that came out to our lovely live show. Make sure that you're checking out The Last Comic Aww. Shop every single week over at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. It's a terrific place where you can get down all of our episodes, and they are evergreen. You mm. can listen to them in any order, at any time. They're just as you're reading these certain comic books, we've get put out these comic book reviews every single week. So check us out, download them as you as you can. And there also, you go. I was going to say recommendations for this week. We don't really have any books to recommend, but get out to those local conventions. Stop by at Terrific Con. Stop by New York Comic Con. Come check out Russ Braun's booth. Get some sketches. See some prints. Check out those sketchbooks with the Spidey 77 yeah. and those boys' sketchbooks from years mm-hmm. past. We always see sure. your booths. They're all there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will say that one of the recommendations is always to get some of Russ's wonderful book at work as well as Tom Strong. Because if it hadn't been oh, for yeah. my good friend Russ Braun, I would have never known about Tom Strong, written by Alan Moore oh, with Chris yeah. Strauss art. 
because uh, he was the guy that was like, listen, Andy, you got to check this uh, this series out. And it is one of my favorites. And it's out in a companion now. Or a companion. Yeah, i got to get that. So That's, it's, it's all 36 issues. You can get an all yeah. nice, nice little collection. right after I finished the run. I was like, oh, <laughs> like here's everything you just bought. Well, yeah. make sure also that you're checking out bcwsupplies.com. They are a terrific website where you can get all those bags and boards and stuff that you need to keep your comic books looking fresh. And if you use the promo code LCSPOD, you will get 10% off of your order. So not only are you getting a great deal on some of those comic book supplies, but you're also supporting the last comic shop. So make sure that you get your supplies at bcwsupplies.com. Anything else, Chad? Nope. Anything else, Mikey? Oh, brother. Thank you so much, Russ, for being on the show. And until next week, I was the host with most Daniel Larson. I was joined by Chad Smith, Mikey Wood, and the wonderful Russ Braun. Check out his website at... Russ-Braun.com. There you go. And until next week, stay safe, stay conning, and remember that I don't have a dad joke this week because usually I have them all written down and I didn't bring that. I didn't. We're all the better for it. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you Thank you, everybody. Make sure you 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 Thank you, Three Rivers Down, for having us. We have Russ's Facebook and Instagram for those sketches, too, every week. Friday sketches, daily stuff. Frankenstein Friday. Frankenstein Frankenstein Friday. Friday. Love it. Shop was a 2023 Black Anders production.